very much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome uh, to the program. My name is David Letterman. Boy, that's, that sounded like a real show, didn't it? Oh, that's amazing. We, uh, we have a gentleman playing with our band tonight. I'll uh, mention to you in a few minutes, but boy, that sounded good. Real show business. Yeah, would we're he, in would, show business he wouldn't be available every night, would he? Well, we're negotiating. All right, him, we'll look into that. Uh, this, of course, is Freddie Hubbard. I'll go ahead and introduce him now. Uh, there was a, uh, a, a poll recently in Downbeat Magazine naming Freddie Hubbard the best trumpet player not in the county, not in the state, not in the tri-state area, the entire world. And uh, Freddie and I...
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wednesday Night Prayer Meeting, a podcast about the history of jazz told from the perspective of someone who's been piecing it together one record at a time over the course of 20-odd years digging through record bins. From Hermosa Beach, California, I'm your host, Frank, and that was Cry Me Not from the album Hubcap by Freddie Hubbard with Hubbard on trumpet, Julian Priester on trombone, Jimmy Heath on tenor, Cedar Walton on piano, Larry Reed on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. This episode is going to be about the music of Freddie Hubbard, a prolific and influential player in the hard bop and post bop era of jazz. Hubbard was born in Indianapolis in 1938 and studied trumpet at the Arthur Jordan Conservatory of Music in his late teens and moved to New York City at the age of 20. This was in 1958, which put him at the center of one of the most creatively fruitful periods in jazz. And within a few short years of his arriving, he played with some of the most interesting and innovative players on the scene, like John Coltrane, Eric Dolphy, and Bobby Hutcherson, as well as doing a stint in Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. Hubbard spoke about those early days in a public interview, public radio interview with Lee Kamen in 1996. The first year I was there, first year and a half, I lived in the first year, about the first six months, I lived in the Bronx. Then I moved down to Harlem, Slide Hampton. Slide Hampton had an apartment right behind the Apollo Theater. Oh, yes. So I stayed there for about a year. And uh, we used to practice all the time. And I, I went around and met several artists. And, uh, I went to Count Basie's where I met uh, John Coltrane, Donald Bird. Your impressions of John Coltrane at the time? Scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was so concerned with music, you know, you know, you used to, you know, you, you sit around, you have a beer, you know. But the Coltrane didn't do any of that. He, I guess he had been through that. But everything he wanted to do, man, was strictly music, and he had all these books, all these weird records. And by the time I left his house to go back to Brooklyn, I mean, it was, I had a headache. I mean, all kinds of music, Indian music, and, all these scales, uh, but it was it was it was a learning process for me, and, I, and I, I'm happy that I come along at that time to be able to consume that information from the, one of the masters. Because this guy, he practiced all day. He practiced on the gig. You know, it seems to me that you've had quite a quite a an academy of uh, mentors. Uh, as I look at the list of people. And you mentioned John Coltrane. The Street Academy was alive, wasn't it? It really was, man. It's, it's, uh, it's we know nothing stays the same. But uh, during that time, you could you could uh, go to people's musicians' houses, and they would teach you ideas, and they had you listen to certain records. Uh, uh, they would teach you on the instrument, and then you go to a jam session and play it, try it out, and then was on the record or something, but it's not like that anymore. So I think there's a lot that's being lost with the uh, the real creative stim- stimuli. I mean, that's, that's out here today. And that's that's what made me, well, I didn't make it, but I moved up to California after I, I stayed in New York for a while. But uh, when I got out here, I stopped really creating music, you know. It was more business, just getting a record deal, getting a production deal, and making money. Whereas when I was there, it was, it was really more being involved in, in the music and trying to stretch it, 
you know, create new ideas. And uh, I moved out here, and I've been out here for a long time. Everybody in New York is like, when you come back in New York, because I kind of lost the edge a little bit, you know. But you lose that edge, you leave New York. But it's kind of busy. New York is a very special place, isn't it? Yeah, it's a wicked place, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, all that. I watched a lot of guys die, man. I watched a lot of great guys not make it, and I watched a lot of no good playing guys make it. So it's, 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 it can't be good, it can't be bad for you. You can get discouraged because there's so many musicians that are trying to make it, you know. Uh, unless you meet the right people and get the right management, you can get lost. Coming up next is Hubbard's take on a standard body and soul. Enjoy.
That was The Clan from the album Soul Trombone by Curtis Fuller with Fuller on trombone, Hubbard on trumpet, Jimmy Heath on tenor, Cedar Walton on piano, Jamie Merritt on bass, and Gigi Hogan on drums. Before that was Tranquility from the album Components by Bobby Hutcherson with Hutch on vibes, James Spaulding on alto, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Joe Jones on drums. And starting that set off was Body and Soul from the album The Body and the Soul by Freddie Hubbard with Hub on trumpet, Wayne Shorter on tenor, Curtis Fuller on trombone, Eric Dolphy on alto, Cedar Walton on piano, Reggie Workman on bass, and Lewis Haynes on drums. Coming up next is a song by Herbie Hancock called Empty Pockets. Enjoy.
that was Le Noir Marchand from the album Dialogue by Bobby Hutcherson with Hutcherson on vibes, Sam Rivers on flute, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Andrew Hill on piano, Richard Davis on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. Before that was Scrap Iron from the album The Right Touch by Duke Pearson with Duke on piano, Hubbard on trumpet, Garnett Brown on trombone, Jerry Dodgian and James Spaulding on altos, Stanley Turrentine on tenor, Gene Taylor on bass, and Grady Tate on drums. And starting that set off was Empty Pockets from the album Taken Off by Herbie Hancock with Herbie on piano, Hubbard on trumpet, Dexter Gordon on tenor, Butch Warren on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. Coming up next is Karaoke. Enjoy.
That was Breakdown from the album Roll Call by Hank Mobley with Mobley on tenor, Hubbard on trumpet, Winton Kelly on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Art Blakey on drums. Before that was But Beautiful from the album Boss of the Soul Stream Trombone by Curtis Fuller with Fuller on trombone, Hubbard on trumpet, Youssef Latif on tenor, Walter Bishop Jr. on piano, Buddy Catlett on bass, and Stu Martin on drums. And starting that set off was Karaoke from the album Going Up by Freddie Hubbard with Hubbard on trumpet, Hank Mobley on tenor, McCoy Tyner on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Philly Joe Jones on drums. Thanks as always for listening. The long piece for tonight is going to be one that I've played on this podcast before, but that I think rewards multiple listens. It's the title track from John Coltrane's album Olay and features Coltrane on soprano, Eric Dolphy on flute, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, McCoy Tyner on piano, Reggie Workman and Art Davis playing basses, and Elvin Jones on drums. The solos hit one after another, incredibly versatile and soulful permutations of a simple modal theme, and Hubbard's trumpet playing holds its own against Dolphy on flute and Train Soprano. This is Ole. Enjoy. Enjoy.